Today, I'm joined by April Aury, who's the Capital Managing Director at Proto Ventures, and we're going to be talking about career switching, defining human flourishing in investing, the Proto Ventures investment process, at last, defining the pre-seed stage. April, thanks for joining us on the show. I'm so glad to be here, Jason. Thanks for inviting me. Let's look at your career history through a micro lens. You were a course instructor at Institute of Physical Art, and then you became the owner of Body Gears Physical Therapy for 16 years. So what was that like? And how did you end up angel investing and getting into venture capital? That, that's everybody's question, that great question. So I actually thought I was going to be a doctor uh, when I was in high school and then was redirected into physical therapy instead. And, and um, parents said, you know, if you want to go back and be a, a doctor, you can go back to med school once you finish this. But um, they know that I like to talk to people and that I like to really have um, an influence on we did this, that's the outcome. Um, and so within the physical therapy realm, that was a, a very easy target to hit. Um, so I uh, graduated way, way, way back in the day in 1997 um, and actually um, started taking a number of continuing ed courses through the Institute of Physical Art, um, did uh, testing for some certifications and did very well in those tests. So I was invited to then teach um, and did that for a number of years. That was simultaneous with working in a number of different physical therapy jobs in the Chicagoland region um, in many different settings. Um, I also came from an entrepreneurial family and so had always thought, of course, that I was going to have my own business. Uh, I was uh, advised not to do that, and I'm glad I did not listen to that advice. It was very, very challenging, right. but um, ended up opening up my own clinics um, after working for a number of other people and um, really enjoyed what I was doing solo because I was in control of the type of care that I was delivering and the type of community that I was able to draw into the company. So um, scaled that to uh, three different states before um, selling in 2018. Um, that was quite the process um, and uh, it was very, very challenging on many, many different ways. So then switched yeah, <laughs> switched over then to being um, on the other side of the table of being able to um, help founders out in a number of different sectors, not just the healthcare field. Um, I had always been advising uh, different uh, people who had asked for the advice on how do you start your own physical therapy company? How do I scale it? How in the world do I find the right therapist that can deliver the type of care that I want to uh, be able to provide at this center? Um, and so uh, had been doing advising that way, but didn't really have the eye on um, how an investor looks at a company. I had no idea how challenging it was to sell a company. I just thought like, I don't know, I'll just, I'll be a PT for forever. And, um, you know, at some point I'll guess I'll just close my clinic. Um, not realizing that, uh, there's a, an opportunity, um, to really put a, a stake in the ground of this is what the company is worth. And then being able to substantiate that. Um, yeah. so that's, <laughs> that's how I went from one side of the table to the other side of the table. And, it is, again, quite the process. That's quite the switch, but I like that because it's like a, a lot of conversation I had um, with previous guests is about like sticking to something and going into detail and getting deep with it. And for the fact that you sticked with a specific industry for such a while, it does give you, it does qualify you to be a good advocate or talk about building a business and scaling it and selling it. So that's pretty awesome. That's, and the funny thing is a lot of people getting into venture, it doesn't seem like there's a one way of getting into the side of being a VC. 
So that's pretty cool that you came from such a different background than usual. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the other thing that, that sometimes is a little off-putting for people because they're like, wait, yeah. you don't have your MBA from anywhere? You're not an right. accountant? You're not? Right. Wait a minute. No like, finance? Um, undergrad? Right. <laughs> right. Like, that's... And, and so what I, what I say to those people, and I, I literally had this conversation, I had this conversation every week, but I had this conversation two days ago with somebody who's looking to do a, a career switch and like completely different. And she's like, you know, I, I've been told that I need to go back and get a degree. And, and truly in this day and age, we are so fortunate to have every resource under the sun basically free to us on the internet. So if you don't know how to read spreadsheets, you can literally just type in how to read a spreadsheet and there will be hundreds of videos that you can go watch and then you start yeah. to interact. And so I, I'll, I'll kind of switch into this part of the conversation, which is like, then how do you do a switch like that and even know what you want to do? And, and I, um, I didn't know that I wanted to get into VC. Um, I knew that I liked to help founders and I knew that I had some resources, time and finances available to do that, um, after the sale and didn't really know what that was going to look like. I didn't know about angel networks. I didn't know what VC was. Um, and so I just started hanging out in places that, um, people were talking about that. And for me, the easiest way, and again, my, my dinosaur years here, Facebook groups were one of my favorite ways to just get into a group, you know, uh, how do I, how do I help support female founders? Right. And then yeah. you could just get a whole list. Right. And then you pick a couple of them, you get in and you just start reading in 10 minutes. You can literally get an entire list, call it 20 to 25 terms that you've never seen. You can just go look up and then you know what the definition is. And then you can engage with that material for free without anybody knowing that you, you don't know what you're talking about um, uh, on, on those those platforms, right? And so, and you can do that in um, TikTok, you can do that in Twitter, you can whatever, LinkedIn, and and you pick a platform or two and an organization that you just want to follow to get more information. Then when you start to feel comfortable with the, the literal new language, then you can start to engage with, okay, I think this is a noun, but I've also heard it as a verb. I'm going to use it in the sentence and see if I get corrected or if I get engagement and brings me up to this next piece of a conversation. And so um, I did a lot of that pretty quickly and then just started to um, ask to be invited to phone calls. Um, I would overhear people at coffee shops. I would, you know, the, uh, my, my partner, uh, my husband is a business guy. And so I'd be listening in on those conversations going like, I think you should ask him this. So finally it was just like, okay, I need to be on the call and, and, and right. go from there. So, um, so it can be as easy and simple and free as just hanging out. They call, I, I'm not a big sports um, person for analogies, but, you know, hanging out under the hoop, right? If you hang out under the hoop, eventually you're going to get the ball and you're going to understand those people are going that way. And this person's going towards the hoop and it all makes sense once you're there and you've got the ball. That's very interesting. That's then the real world MBA, which makes me want to ask, what's your point of view in terms of getting an MBA? Because a lot of, a lot of people see MBA as the career switch, right? Let's, let's, and um, specifically with MBAs, that could be in finance, investment banking, that could be in venture capital. I know you talk a little bit about that, but these are positions or these are career paths where they're looking for the best of the best and the acceptance rate is significantly low. So is that like still applicable? If so, how and why? Yeah, that's a great question. I 
think for myself. I do not uh, jive academically <laughs> with the way most people learn. And so I always struggled with that. Um, and so for me, the real life application right now, having the conversation type uh, learning and hands-on learning um, is far more valuable for me. Um, I actually, you know, signed up for a number of, uh, won't give you names, but very well-known companies uh, or uh, universities have online programs to kind of get you you know, your, your whistle wet for, Hey, do you want to come in? Um, and, and I did fine on those, you know, it's like a 12 week program kind of thing and a couple thousand dollars, but it, it wasn't really what I was looking for. Um, so I think mm -hmm. if you are somebody who does well academically, you enjoy that type of learning. It, it already connects with your mind. Of course, go get that. But then you have to pair that with how much money do you have available and time do you have available to do those things? And can you take a year off while you're or two years off? Right. Um, can you find a program that's a little bit of a hybrid program so you don't actually have to move someplace? Right. And there are lots of those programs around. Right. Or fully online. Um, so I. I would never say that you don't need an MBA. I do think that there are other ways around not having that to get to a very functional, usable knowledge base uh, that is without having the actual certificate. I like that. That's something for me to consider, especially as I'm about to finish my undergrad and getting into the workforce and trying to figure out whether I want to even go back to graduate school or not. <laughs> Um, now let's move on to uh, human flourishing, right? Uh, Proto Ventures, you guys talk a lot about human flourishing. What does that mm -hmm. really mean to you? Yeah, so as VCs, and you know, I, we kind of joked about this earlier that, you know, they're seen as the bad people, right? The evil people who are out for money. And certainly we have a reputation for a reason. Um, when it comes to human flourishing, what we don't mean, first of all, we'll contrast this first, is we don't mean that we can't make good money um, as VCs. We do mean we want to promote happiness and life satisfaction. We want to promote health and mental health, like uh, physical health, right? Um, we want to have uh, companies that we're backing that help promote meaning and purpose for humans, uh, financial and material well-being, character and virtue, and then close social relationships. We have pared this down from um, the Harvard um, uh, Harvard Human Flourishing Program, uh, just down to these six principles. And we really believe that we can put our money behind founders and companies that are doing well from a VC standpoint. That's our first filter. Um, is it going to be VC scale? Do we think that we can get the kind of returns that we would expect? We've had 400% IRR average for our, our previous two funds. We're on our third fund now. Um, we, we believe we can do that. And we have always had an eye on not how can we just make money, but we can do it with an eye for is this good for humanity or is this actually going to destroy humanity? Um, and, and I'll do a quick plug right now. We haven't invested in this company, but we certainly are eyeing them. Uh, Kadea is a fantastic company. Um, they are looking at how to reduce single plastic bottle use. You know, you, you have your Coca-Cola, you have your water, um, and then you're done with the bottle and you think you're recycling it, but you probably aren't, right? From, from our perspective, that would be a company that is expecting huge, huge revenues from very large companies. And they're doing something that is really promoting um, earth health and human health, right? Everybody should con consume water. That's the what they're doing right now is um, working on water and creating a bottle that can be used for forever. And you never have to use a single plastic bottle again. 
Um, and so those type of companies uh, are really where we think there can be um, uh, enormous impact and enormous returns. And then elaborating on that, um, I came to find out and I called this, uh, I coined this term. So if you guys want to use this, go ahead. The four okay. level product process, right? And that's the incubator, the labs, the capital, and the exit. So can you walk us through what those stages entail and what it really looks like? Yeah. And so for the fund that we have right now, we have a third of our capital will be allocated for our labs companies that we incubate. A third of it is opportunistic deal flow that comes to us um, through our channels, um, which is we are so fortunate. We have excellent deal flow right now, almost too much. Um, and then a third of that will be follow on capital for the winners that are, are coming up and, and really doing well. And we can add fuel to that fire. So for our labs, uh, as an example, in October of uh, last year, we had an incubator. We had, I think it was 70 different people um, who were going through the incubator. And the incubator wasn't just to kind of pump up people to be like, rah, rah, you can do this. It was really more, you have an idea. It was very early stage. So it wasn't an accelerator. Uh, we were incubating ideas to try and bring up what would we want to fund as builders within Proda? Because that's how we identify ourselves as builders in particular in tech space, but also a couple of other verticals. Um, and how can we help these companies that we think have great ideas really um, bring that to, to fruition? So um, looking at um, incubator for our labs companies and then helping out with with what is the operational piece that we can get involved in so not only do we want to fund these companies but we want to help build them as co-founders um and so one of the companies is alfie a-l-p-h-i dot xyz uh, you can go there it is a, a company that is designed for people not to be taken advantage of in the nft space so and everyone says do your own research so it's a, a yeah. way to do your own research through journalists um putting uh, you know, public information up about projects. Like what are the real ones versus what are the ones that are complete scams? I don't know the exact numbers, but let's call it 90% of um, NFT projects out there right now are just scams. And so we feel like this is something that we have expertise in. Uh, we know the founder very well, Jesse Bryan. Um, Will Little, who's uh, one of the founding members of Proto Ventures, has excellent skill in this. And taking Mike Anderson, who's an incredible storyteller, um, and bringing all of those guys together and then helping um, take the um, those steps then into what do you guys need for uh, funding? How can we help with raising that? Who can we introduce you to? And then helping them along the way. Wow, that I like that. Raise that A founders sometimes struggle to figure out how early they can interact with investors and raise a pre-seed due to market inconsistencies. So, what <laughs> does a startup look like when it's ready to raise a pre-seed round? Yeah, that is such a challenging question to answer because that's different even six months ago. Right. So the, the funding, um, environment six months ago was still more on the let's, let's continue to grow. Let's, uh, find out how much capital we can put towards new hires, et cetera. Obviously in the tech space in particular, there are layoffs every month. There's, there's a lot that's happening that would say there's a little bit of a downturn. So 
I will counter that by saying that's also a fantastic time to find out who is rising above that, not because they're, you know, so strong, but because they have the right team and the right strategy that they're executing on. And so if you are a, a founder who is, is already doing that, you're far behind the ideation phase, uh, you know, Maybe you've got your MVP, you've been scrappy enough, you've been pulling that um, out of the weeds. And that is something that you can present and say, listen, we have not only an MVP, I can get you some pilot customers. Um, here are their um, their feedback on the, on the pilot. And here's what we're doing with our roadmap for the next pieces that we're going to change and iterate on. Um, that is something that is, uh, we interact with those companies all the time and those founders all the time. Um, the hard part is at that point, many different VCs are going to want different metrics, right? And, you know, some want these, some want those, and your pitch deck is going to feel just all over the place um, because, um, yes, because of all of those different uh, specific pieces. But really for us, you know, we're looking at what's the product um, and then who's your team and what kind of traction do you have? And what does the market look like? And then do you have a believable path to revenue? And if you can answer those things, we at, at Proda are very interested in talking very, very early stage. That's what we love. We actually um, prefer to be in sooner than later, um, but not everybody's like that. So looking, um, looking for the very, very early investors is important to get the right people on your team. Last, what would you say is Proda Ventures' competitive edge and why? <laughs> I love that question because, um, yeah. again, with, with a 400% IRR, you would think we, we are doing something right, right? And so what we think, what we think we do well is we pair with founders to get them running. And so um, Figment is a Web3 staking company. We helped um, in an incubator, I believe it was 2018, maybe 2019, um, get those founders and co-founders together at a Chicago just think tank. Everybody got together. Let's go um, have some food together. Let's go have some fun activities. Um, and let's talk about these ideas and how do we how do we pair them? And so really helping founders at the very beginning say, okay, you can go here or you can go here. We think this is a better way. Plus we've got the, the people to help um, actually build it. So, you know, we think our secret sauce is really um, helping founders go through and, and I'll even give a little other plug here. Startuprocket.com is one of our um, uh, portfolio companies. And it's a platform that we use as a infrastructure to help take um, the companies through the tool of you have an idea. How do you create it? How do you validate it? How do you test it? And then how do you go back and then iterate again on your next piece? And so we have an entire framework uh, that you can go through um, that will actually take all those pieces. So we we think with that startup framework in Startup Rocket uh, that we can really help founders get to that point of over the line to that next piece. It was a lovely conversation with you, April. Thanks for being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.